0: Welcome to OutKick, the show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Right off the jump here, if you are in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Iowa, Illinois, uh, also uh, West Virginia, Indiana, a bunch of different states, Colorado. Right now, you can go bet Monday Night Football. If you go to fanduel.com slash Clay, you get a $1,000 free roll. Again, FanDuel.com slash Clay. Go sign up. Also, speaking of signing up, go sign up right now for our OutKick VIP. Thursday is one of our biggest days of all time. Encourage you guys to get out there and sign up for the OutKick VIP. You are going to get a tremendous value, autographed copy of my book, ability to call my radio show, uh, a lot of different moving parts, and you will be glad That you do. You can comment on all the articles. You get access to the VIP message boards and early access to my gambling picks, which are going to begin next week when the SEC officially gets underway with college football. A lot going on, much to discuss. I appreciate all of you for hanging out with us. The NFL opening week is officially uh, underway. Tonight we got double Monday night football games. I like the East Coast and the West Coast uh, NFL. I think it makes a lot of sense. A bunch of different stories that we can get to. Uh, If I am a Tampa Bay Bucs fan, I am a little bit nervous about what I saw from Tom Brady. A lot of really good weapons out there. Two bad interceptions. Not that great of a performance in general, okay? So I would encourage a little bit of a pause on uh, the Tom Brady related news. People out there who want to talk about uh, everything going on with Cam Newton. How about his performance with Bill Belichick? I kind of feel like Bill Belichick is going to use Cam Newton the best way that he possibly can, which means running him everywhere while he's healthy. Is he going to be able to stand up for 15 carries a game? He had two rushing touchdowns and looked pretty uh, pretty outstanding. 15 of 19 passing. Is he going to be able to stay healthy and put his body through that grind? I think it's an interesting question. Uh, Drew Brees came out and made enough plays. The Saints are a well-oiled machine compared to the Bucs uh, in this regard. They've had Alvin Kamara. They've had Michael Thomas. They have had uh, the ability to figure out how to use Taysom Hill. They looked like a well-oiled machine compared to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But as time goes on, I like the weapons that Brady's gonna have. The Falcons didn't look good. They still look defensively deficient. And uh, the Panthers didn't look very good either. So maybe the NFC South is not necessarily going to be that much better this year, even with all the different moving parts. Um, Somebody said, how about the ratings? The ratings are down in a big way uh, for Sunday NFL uh, primetime. Sunday Night Football, despite the fact that it was the Cowboys against the Rams. Ratings were down 20% according to deadline. Uh, The ratings for Thursday night's kickoff were down by millions of viewers, down about 10% overall. Uh, There was an uptick in the Fox game of the week uh, with Brady and Breeze going up against each other uh, because there was a great deal of interest in the Brady and Breeze battle. And so uh, that's probably the best game that they could have had in an opening weekend. I'm surprised that it didn't end up the Sunday night football game. I think the anticipation was that they were going to be able to break in SoFi Stadium in LA, and there was going to be a huge uh, amount of interest in that with the Cowboys going up against the nation's second largest media market, but it didn't materialize, at least so far. Uh, So. Those are my early takeaways. I'm going to get to a bunch of different games. Brady, Breeze, Cam takes right there out of the break. Now, uh, Cowboys. Last night, that was not a pass interference call, okay? The Cowboys got away with hands to the helmet on an interception that Jared Goff threw, but Jalen Ramsey drew that uh, offensive pass interference call. I didn't agree with it. I didn't agree, honestly, with either of the offensive pass interference calls. Both of the L.A. teams won as a result of pass interference calls, offensive pass interference calls. I didn't like the call against A.J. Green. I thought the defensive back flopped. I didn't like the call against, uh, against the Cowboys. I thought we had a flop there as well. Both L.A. teams win as a result. Drew, uh, sorry, Joe Burrow, I thought looked pretty good on the final drive there. A.J. Green, he hit him right in a spot where it should have been a game-winning touchdown. And then, unfortunately for the Bengals, they ended up with what always happens for the Bengals, it feels like. They found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Not only did they miss a 31-yard chip shot field goal, but the kicker claimed that he injured himself on the miss. It was a total epic disaster on that kick. But I didn't agree with either of those calls. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys in particular. The Cowboys looked the exact same. Okay? Everybody out there is talking about it's Jason Garrett's fault. As soon as we get a new coach, everything's going to be different. Wrong. The Cowboys were 1-6 in six in one possession games last year. They found another way to lose another one possession game last night. Uh, their offensive line was getting dominated by a more physical defensive front from the Rams. The Rams ran the ball better than the Cowboys did. Uh, the Ezekiel Elliott's Feed Me Tattoo, Has the potential to be one of the worst tattoos of all time. Uh, It might look decent in your mind when you're 25 years old. At 35 or 45, you're going to get that thing removed. It looks ridiculous. Cowboys now 0-1. They felt a lot like the same Cowboys from last several years with Jason Garrett, with the exception that Garrett would have actually kicked the field goal. (laughs) Instead of going for it on fourth and three, he would have kicked the field goal. It would have been tied up at 20. Uh, so I don't want to blame everything on that one individual play, but it was pretty significant, I thought, uh, that both LA teams found a way to win uh, as a result of offensive pass interference calls. All right, a couple of things that stood out to me about the protesting. The Baltimore Ravens, they stood for the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, the so-called Black National Anthem. And they then kneeled for the United States National Anthem. Now, I want you to explain how it can be anything other than disrespect for the National Anthem when you decide that you are going to stand for the Black National Anthem and you are then going to kneel for the United States National Anthem. There's no way to justify the difference in treatment for those respective songs other than to say it is an intent to show disrespect for the United States National Anthem. Because if it's about respect, then you should do the exact same thing for the Black National Anthem that you did for the United States National Anthem. And let me just reinforce this, okay? And why I think this is significant, because the argument out there has been, oh, Kneeling for the United States National Anthem is not disrespectful at all. It's actually more respectful even than standing. So why didn't you do the same thing for the Black National Anthem that you did for the United States National Anthem? This doesn't actually make any sense at all. And a lot of teams recognize this, that they were painting themselves into a corner and there was no way to justify the disparate action You had to do the same thing for one that you did for the other. That's exactly what the Miami Dolphins said. And you could see, you could see this coming because NFL players have been dumb like this before. Remember the ones playing overseas stood for the British national anthem and then they kneeled for the United States national anthem. That's despite the fact that slavery in America began with the British national anthem playing and that the Brits were actually responsible for slavery in the United States far longer than the United States has been. Nobody ever talks about this. Everybody wants to talk about the 1621 project or whatever the heck it is. The uh, United States only allowed slavery in this country for 80 years from 1783 until 1863. 80 years. All the rest of the time the United States has existed, slavery didn't exist. So If you have an issue with slavery before 1783, you have to blame the British because we were British colonies and we didn't have independence to be able to make our own decisions. And not even the whole country, even in those 80 years, had slavery either. So we're talking about a tiny segment overall of all of United States history. I'm sorry for having to school you guys with United States history, but the lack of historical knowledge in this country is really at epidemic levels. But the point here is no one can defend the logic behind standing for the Black National Anthem and kneeling for the United States National Anthem that doesn't include a statement of disrespect being intended for the United States National Anthem. Now, now, I do think this story is going to fade substantially because what you're going to see going forward is NBC, CBS, ESPN, Disney, and Fox are going to stop covering all the protests. After this week, they are done with social justice on television. They are just going to be showing the games themselves. So I believe that the NFL is going to be more in common with Major League Baseball and with hockey than it is with the woke disaster that is the NBA. And I think they're aware that the ratings will decline precipitously if they don't actually get back to football sooner rather than later. But this is a story that is certainly worth paying attention to. The larger issue here uh, is also that I love when we see immediate karmic payback. The Indianapolis Colts and their head coach, Frank Reich, he became the first coach to ever kneel for the national anthem. And then his team proceeded to get waxed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, the biggest favorite in week one, lost to the biggest underdog. And I know this is not gonna play well in Indiana. I know the people who are Colts fans, they are not gonna be pleased that their coach decided to take a knee before the National Anthem, and then that he went out and he lost to the worst team in the division. So, this uh, are, that's my analysis in general of the overall uh, decisions being made by players. Couple of other things that I wanna hit here. Two LA sh- cops were shot, ambushed, in cold blood by an assailant in LA. The reaction to their shooting tells you everything about how hypocritical athletes are in this day and age. Almost no athletes have said a word about the LA police being shot. There are people cheering on camera when the LA police are shot. They showed up at the hospital and chanted that they hoped those police officers died. All right? So everybody out there who is so active the minute a 15 second viral clip goes, out socially on the interwebs, almost no athletes, no teams, no leagues have spoken out at all and condemned the violence and supported the police. This is crazy. And this is my largest issue with athlete protests in general. They are making things worse. Let me explain. When LeBron James goes out and says that black people are literally being hunted, what he is doing is creating an atmosphere of tension between police and between those they might have to arrest or question or even speak with. Athletes are making things worse. Protests are making things worse. The number of murders is skyrocketing in this country. The number of shootings are skyrocketing in this country. Do you know why? Because police aren't able to do their jobs. We are being sold a false narrative. And that narrative is this, that police are killing innocent people all of the time. Police are protecting thousands of innocent people from being killed all day long, every day. And the fact that the media is selling us an artificial bill of goods is, is creating atmosphere that leads to more death, that leads to more shooting, that leads to more distrust. They are selling an artificial narrative that is not in any way, at any way, responsibly reflected in the data. And athletes are actually making it worse. Athletes talk about using their platform to make the world a better place. They are actually making things worse, okay? This is clear as day. Things are getting worse in the United States right now as it pertains to murders, to shootings, and to danger that police are facing out there in the world every single day. And the media is complicit here. The sports media that lionizes and praises all these athletes and without question shares every single word that they put out there. It is toxic for our overall culture. It is creating a false sense of uh, what the world actually is like on the streets. And this is all a disaster beyond a shadow of a doubt. Again, I keep saying and it matters. Social media creates a world where idiots watch 15 second or 20 second videos and become convinced what they see there is representative of the larger world. Oftentimes, it is an outlier. It is an outlier designed to make you believe that your worldview is correct, and in reality, it is not actually the case. And so, just to look at the silence greeting, a video of police officers who were doing nothing wrong, sitting in their car, a would-be assassin walking up on them and ambushing them, and the fact that this is going on and no one is talking about it by and large, not the leagues, not the teams, not the players, almost no one is discussing it. That is because this is a false narrative and that video, which is far more common, police are under far more danger than the average person out there who is unarmed walking out of their house is under danger on a day-to-day basis. So, that story should be receiving even more attention than it actually is. Uh, The Big 12 kicked off college football. Immediately, Louisiana Lafayette went on the road and beat Iowa State. Props to Louisiana for being ranked for the first time, I think, since 1943. Arkansas State beat Kansas State. Great game there. A lot of fun to watch. And Coastal Carolina beat Kansas. Less Miles definitely under siege all of a sudden. In Kansas, particularly because LSU went 15-0, and won a national championship without him, and Kansas doesn't appear to be getting a lot better. So again, that's a triple-tough loss. Texas Tech narrowly avoided disaster against Houston Baptist. Uh, they won by two points, I think, surviving a two-point conversion play at the end of the game. Uh, and so again, Louisiana, big win over Iowa State. Arkansas State, big win over Kansas State. Coastal Carolina, with a win over Kansas. want to give props to the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, uh, for getting a couple of big wins over the Big 12. Uh, Several other thoughts. Back on the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson were electric. They were incredible. Aaron Rodgers playing like he wants to sell everybody out there, tell everyone out there who said Jordan Love was the future, that they were absolute imbeciles. Also, Russell Wilson making unbelievable plays against the Falcons. Falcons' defense couldn't stop anybody again. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, best performances on Sunday of any quarterbacks that I saw by far. Uh, In the Big Ten, people want a Big Ten update. I told you this on Saturday. I wrote it on the site. I remain convinced that it is true based on everybody that I am talking to. The uh, Big Ten is going to be back. They're going to start play on October 17th based on everything that I have heard. And if they start play on October 17th, the goal would be to play eight or nine games, close out the season on December 19th, and then the next day, December 20th, the college football playoff selection committee would make a decision about playing. I don't know when this vote is officially going to take place. Uh, I saw the news from Dan Patrick. I think every team is going to play, uh, but there are still details to be ironed out. I know that the television networks are excited about being able to play Big Ten football. I know the Big Ten players, coaches, fans, everybody is eager for the football to get back. And I know that the Corona Bros are desperately hating it with every fiber of their being because they are being proven wrong yet again. The Corona Bros getting dunked on all balls in the face style with every sport coming back and the Big Ten like Lazarus coming back from the dead and planning to return again on October 17th with an eight or nine game schedule uh, is the latest that I have actually heard. Uh, It makes it insane right now that the Pac-12 is not going to play. I don't know what the Pac-12 plan is going to be, but everybody should have waited longer because if they had, they would have seen the cases plummeting. Hospitalizations are near an all-time low Uh, in the state of Florida where everybody wanted to say, oh my God, the world's coming undone. Yeah, today they reported a 3.91% positivity rate statewide. Only 4% of all people in hospitals are there with COVID. They have had a 73% drop since July for COVID-related hospital admissions. Everything is getting rapidly better in Florida. There is no doubt at all about that. And I think what we're gonna see is that there now is a form of immunity in Florida like appears to have existed in New York. Other news, remember Arizona, when everybody was convinced things were going bad in Arizona? I believe Arizona reported zero deaths today. The number of cases there have plummeted precipitously as well. All over the country, the number of cases is declining. The number of hospitalizations is declining. All of the kids that are testing positive on college campuses are also collapsing. And uh, also, there are no kids being admitted to hospitals despite the fact, the most recent numbers I have seen, 26,000 positive cases on a college campuses, zero hospitalization. Almost nobody out there is actually testing positive uh, for this virus in hospitals at all. Couple of final thoughts. Joe Rogan has said that he wants to host four hours with a debate with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Donald Trump said he was in. There's no way I don't believe Joe Biden could make it through four hours live of any kind of debate. I don't believe that he will actually do it at all. But I thought it was an interesting idea from Joe Rogan. I thought it was smart of Donald Trump to agree to it. We will see what actually ends up happening there, but smart for Joe Rogan to float it and good for Donald Trump to accept it. Uh, So I appreciate all of you. I think I hit everything there that is in the news cycle right now. I'll be watching the Titans tonight going up against the Broncos. I'll also be watching the Steelers against the Giants. We'll be reacting to that live tomorrow morning on the radio. We'll have Jason Whitlock with us. Again, one more time, if you want to gamble on it, go to fanduel.com slash clay. That's my name, C-L-A-Y. You get $1,000. Also encourage you to go sign up for the Outkick VIP right now. I like the Titans to win and cover. It is my favorite bet. Like Tannehill, over one and a half touchdown passes and also, like Janu Smith, over 27 and a half yards receiving. Those are the three bets that I'm about to give out tonight uh, at uh, on uh, Fox Bet Live, a.k.a. Lock It In. All right, appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, thank you so much for listening to our show, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Kisses from me to you. I'll see you tomorrow morning early, breaking down everything that happens with the double Monday night football games and giving you an early read on everything that I'm hearing about the Big Ten and more. Go listen. Make sure you don't miss a minute. It's OutKick every morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, and I'm Clay Travis. See you guys. Bye. Love you. Thank you, Facebook. I'll see you guys.